I'm telling you, these people are Satanists. As I sit here, they are Satanists. Nothing will stop the Satanic total release. Stop pestering Satan. Welcome to the place we are so sick of the question, why Satan? We named a podcast after it. This week, I'm doing a rapid response episode. What that means is I didn't have as much prep because I had to not throw my show that I was planning on doing Wednesday out, but I shelved it for now. We will do that next week. It is about the whole year of 2020 and the good things, I think, that came out of it. So we're going to have the rapid response episode on the events of Wednesday and why I think they happen. Things that came out of it, who some of the scumbags of that day were, what I think we need to watch for, and some of the breaking news that is literally has just happened as I started to record this. As everyone knows, I've been very upfront with the fact that I record this segment after I record the main segment. Mostly in case there are any things that come up during that segment that I want to preload. Because while I do script a bit in bullet point format, I can go a bit off the cuff. And sometimes I discuss things that I want to give a forward here. The thing that I do want to mention here is that due to the fact I was trying to cram the recording into about an hour and a half space to two hours when I normally give myself a long stretch of time to do my recordings just in case so I can set up and everything. I didn't set my mic up in the direction that it normally is for a little bit behind the scenes. Normally I have the mic pointing at my mouth so I don't have many plosions like P and everything popping into the mic. However, for some reason, I was having some issues with connecting everything to the microphone. I use um, something called voice meter. And I was hooking that up and I had some problems. And what ended up happening was I positioned the microphone under my mouth. So it didn't get as good of a read. So it's a it's a bit... The audio is still intelligible. It's still fine. It's enough to where I didn't delete the whole episode and redo it, which I have done once before. But it's just a little more... There's less voice to it. There's there's less of my voice to it. It's a little more um, washed out. It's about three quarters of the way in. I noticed that that was the issue and changed the microphone position. So I'm sorry about that. But right now, as I'm recording this part of the segment, um, a federal court actually just stated that um, the sweeping changes to the asylum rules that Trump put through, a judge just blocked them. So that's great. What that means is that they haven't happened. They've been blocked. And that means that Biden can come in and just say, well, we're not going to push through this case and let them die. Rather than the problems that will happen if they had already gone through. Maybe next week, along with the show I planned, I'll explain why this administration is not going to be able to undo everything that was done. Uh, I've been looking into that and 
I have I have an idea of why it's not going to be as just simple as Biden doing an executive order. And maybe during next week's episode, I'll bring that up. But thank you for bearing with me on this rapid response, which I had to take about a day and a half to do some looking and my own thoughts on it. So we're going to move on now to the main segment, which is the majority of the show, because, again, rapid response, I didn't have the ability to plan much, which lately, with everything that's been going on, most of my shows have been a bit of a rapid response. But anyway, on to the main segment. I'm seeing a lot of people wondering why what happened on Wednesday actually happened. I hear people asking the questions, well, it was very clear they knew it wasn't going to do anything. Even Newsmax was saying that it was just a formality on Wednesday. So why did what happened happen? This actually goes back to the podcast episode I did a while ago, the QAnon episode. Looking at that, we can see that people in this QAnon conspiracy are in deep. A lot of their identities, as I said, have been wound up into this. They have lost family. They believe that those around them might be part of a conspiracy. They can be extremely paranoid when anything comes with the news. They believe in the deep state. They worry about almost anything that could be satanic. And a lot of them just have made this their whole lives. They spend their entire time browsing these QAnon boards. They go through their days as I said, baking, which is trying to do research, trying to figure out what Q means or what these tweets that Donald Trump puts out really mean to the point where they're looking at his misspellings and everything and trying to find little hidden messages everywhere. So they don't have much outside of this. A lot of them, this is their life. They believe that they are cyber warriors, and that's how they describe themselves. They believe that they are fighting some sort of, some of them even call it a holy war, or others just a war. They believe deeply that they are trying to help their country. They believe that there is a satanic cabal that is out there, which has to be defeated. And they see enemies everywhere. They have believed that Trump is going to fix all of this. They believe that he will solve it. But now that's being threatened. They're seeing that, wait, wait a minute. This might be stolen from us. They might somehow win. These satanic pedophiles might win. What about the children? What about the foreigners that are trying to invade us? It's spread to other countries at this point. Germany is actually having quite a large problem with QAnon. England is also having some issues. The Netherlands, it's big in the Netherlands, apparently. And with its growth, we have to think, well, why? Is we mentioned before on the other podcasts, is people like control. They don't like when things happen that they don't understand. 
So what does all of this have to do with Wednesday? Well, as I mentioned before, those in QAnon have been waiting for a period they call the oncoming storm. They believe that is when Trump in the military is going to seize control and they are going to unleash all these um, sealed indictments in which they're going to arrest major people of Congress. They are going to arrest the Clintons. They're going to infiltrate the Bill Gates Institute uh, Foundation. They are going to lock up George Soros, or, and they're going to have mass executions, according to the QAnon believers. Um, some of them say that it's just going to be jail, but people seem to be really wanting those executions. So when Trump says that we need to show force during his rally on Wednesday, that we need to be strong, and that he's going to march down with them to Congress. A lot of them saw this as their signal. They had been thinking this was it for a while now. When he said we were going to have a rally to finally save democracy and to stop this, and he used the words, there'll be a reckoning on the 6th. Which, that's a dangerous word to be using, the reckoning. The reckoning is a dog whistle to them. They understand it. It is when the storm happens. That's the other, another word they use for the storm, is the reckoning. So all of this came together. They saw this as the day. The day that they would finally overthrow this cabal. For the past week leading up to all of this, I've been looking at some of the QAnon boards, and especially a site called, um, I didn't know about this one, this one was new, when I recently heard about After Wednesday, and I did some looking at it, called The Donald. Um, it's a website. Who The Donald really, there are some QAnon members on, on there, but there are also some people who believe QAnon people are crazy. However, a lot of their rhetoric is very close to QAnon rhetoric. And it really feels like they're basically the QAnon version of people who go, well, I'm religious. No, people who say, well, I'm not religious. Religious can be extreme. I have a relationship with God. Or they'll say, well, I'm not a Christian. I'm a follower of Christ. And... It's basically the same thing for the most part, just with slightly tweaked beliefs or different ideas. But the Donald people, if you look at them, they still were talking about this day of reckoning where all these people would be locked up, which is, is Q stuff. So when Trump said this, that there would be a reckoning, and that he was going to walk down to them, to the Capitol and that they were going to show that they were strong and not weak. That was a signal. That was a signal to them that this is it. This is the storm and all of his rhetoric leading up, as I've said. So that's why that happened. They believe that not only Trump was going to back them, but they believe that the military was going to work with them. And the fact that it seems like there were some Capitol Police that helped them and let them in the doors. And we don't know the full facts on that yet. 
but that's from all reports it seems like that has happened we do know that there were uh capital police that did selfies with the um these people and that probably only fueled the fire so when the capital police came in and opened the doors think about it they've been promised this day they must have been thinking wow this is it this even uh our brothers on the inside are letting us in and i can't believe that trump didn't know about this general mike um michael flynn the ex-general he is big in the QAnon spheres. He has done podcasts with them. He has talked about uh, giving the cyber uh, soldiers infrastructure. No idea what he means by that. I, I think he's playing with it. I don't know. He He's, to me, it would be horrifying if someone who had had his clearance believed in this. So he might have just been using it. So... But even still, with his knowledge of it, and just the fact that the words that Trump uses, between Michael Flynn, who Trump talks about as being a great guy, being this in-depth with QAnon, and the words that Trump likes to use, that I don't believe that there's any way that Trump didn't know that the words he was using would spur things on. I think, you know what, I'm not even going to try to ponder what Trump was thinking. At times, I wonder if he's a con man. It wonders if I think that he believes the bullshit that these people believe about him. I almost wonder if he's a con man who's starting to buy into his own con. It wouldn't surprise me. I don't know. But... There was a lot of discussion on the QAnon boards with the fact that Trump wasn't telling them to go home at first. And he wasn't. He wasn't telling them to go home. He was telling them to treat the police with respect, to be peaceful. And some of them took it as, well, if we're not being stopped, and a lot of them, if you look at the pictures, weren't being stopped in the Capitol till much later. And there wasn't much resistance. So they thought, well... And from everything I've seen, this was their mindset, that he's not telling us to go home. He's just informing us to be to not um, attack the Capitol Police or anyone because they're helping us. They're with us. And that was a lot of the consensus was that this that the law enforcement was on their side. And then the woman was shot and. I'm going to get into that, some issues I have with that in our own, uh, not necessarily Satanists. Satanists, I've noticed, have been pretty good about it. But some people on the left, some things, some things have been said that disturb me a bit. However, when she was shot, there was there was a lot of shock. Most of them believe that there's no way that uh, one of the police shot us. It's... It had to have been someone from the deep state. Maybe it was like the sergeant of in arms and his group who were, uh, are controlled by the cabal. Or maybe there was an insider. Maybe it was Antifa that shot her. And there was a lot of it first. Um, what's the word? There was a lot of doubt that it was actually someone on the law enforcement side that had actually shot her. 
And then when finally Trump said to go home, the amount of confusion on the boards and on the, the website, the Donald, it was pretty big. The Donald was not as bad because, as I said, they're not full-on QAnon members. The QAnon boards, they didn't understand. There was a lot of anger. Even now, there's a lot of people on the QAnon boards that are starting to question, Is was Trump just using us? And I'm actually surprised that something happened that is starting to make them question things. There's a lot who aren't. There are a lot who are saying that Q has a plan and that we need to stick to it. But here's the thing. Q has been MIA for a long while. He hasn't said anything since, don't quote me on this, but I believe November. I believe he might have said something after the election. I'm not sure. I want to say he didn't. But I do know that he's been quiet for a f- at least a month, a bit more. And so now people are wondering, well, where's Q? Why isn't he telling us what's going on? And some people are wondering, well, maybe, maybe this is all a hoax. And that shocked me that some people are starting to realize that maybe we've been used. And someone even came up with the idea of, what if this all started out as a troll? That not even the idea that the deep state, like some people are saying, well, Q, Q must have been taken by the deep state and he set us up. Some people are starting to wonder, maybe Q was always fucking with us. And that shocked me. That, that's, that, that surprised me. So I'm going to be very interested in what happens from now to the 20th. There are still some... Big believers, though. I'm... I will say I won't be surprised if something else happens. I do hope that on the 20th, there is a lot of security. If there isn't, then I don't know what to say. The only way I can see there wouldn't be much security is if the current administration purposely doesn't give them much security. And I will say that 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 sounds... A big conspiracy theory you might be asking yourself wait a minute you're saying that maybe trump like is i mean if we've learned one thing about trump so far it's like we don't know what to expect from him uh he thinks of himself and he doesn't care what he burns down to get there and we need to remember that trump can be a spiteful bastard he might just want to just watch things burn is the uh Alfred once said, but I don't, I'm not going to put anything past him, to be honest. So we'll see what happens. Then you have the reaction from some of the Republicans. Some of the Republicans, like Josh Haley, who went through with his objections that night. I don't know what to tell you about him. His state needs to really rethink who they are as a people electing that guy. I think he should be censored. I think someone like Ted Cruz, who knows exactly what he's doing. Ted Cruz likes to play the idiot. Ted Cruz is a lawyer. 
Ted Cruz is well educated. He knows exactly what he's doing. He might come across and play this figure of, well, I'm just a simple man from Texas. He is, we might not like what Ted Cruz says or what he thinks or his views, but Ted Cruz is anything but a stupid man. Ted Cruz is smart. And he knows what he does. He knows what he's doing. There was actually move. Um, there was a movement for him to be disbarred, which I completely agree with. He should be disbarred. However, as the podcast opening arguments likes to remind us over and over again, it is incredibly hard to get disbarred. Basically, what it takes to get disbarred is embezzling client funds, and that's basically it. But then we have Republicans who are saying, oh, no, we need to come together. We're, um, we, need, we need to stop these objections that night. They, they said that well, we can't do the objections anymore because of what happened. They're coming across as if they're having a change of heart or they, they say that, well, this isn't good for the nation. That, but that's not it. They, they don't care. They don't, they don't care. They just look at it and think, well, this looked bad for the majority of the country. The majority of the country, even some Trump supporters, were not okay with this. And they just want to keep their career going. They want to keep as much political capital as possible. They don't want to go down with Trump, who's on a sinking ship. The Republican Party right now is a bunch of radioactive rats who are trying to get the hell off of a nuclear submarine before it explodes. And they know it's sinking. The fact that we can see all these people starting to turn against Trumps, even some Republicans are starting to call for his impeachment. Which, I'll be honest, I'm not sure impeachment's a great idea right now, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But that's why what happened happened. It was a conspiracy theory that had all the trappings of theistic religion behind it and all the forcefulness of personality. And that's what happens. The Republicans played with fire, and they literally almost caught their own house on fire. And to compare it to the Black Lives Matter protests is ridiculous. For one... It didn't start off as destroying property during the uh, Black Lives Matter protest, and most of them didn't. It was a few people who came out at night and started causing some issues. And even people who were part of the Black Lives Matter protest who decided that they wanted to destroy property for whatever reason. I, I discussed this before. They... They have gone through a lot more than any of these people could possibly think that they've gone through. So putting all that aside, just the fact that the Republicans think that this is anything similar to the amount of the amount of troubling things that have happened to their side can be compared to the Black Lives Matter protest is pure ridiculousness but then let's just talk about what the actual appalling part was it has nothing to do with the property of the building yes i think that parts of that building are historic and i don't like seeing it destroyed and i i see that with a lot of things i'd rather things not be destroyed for the most part 
there are certain things that I think should be taken down, maybe broken up and put in a museum. For example, some of the Confederate statues I think should be taken down, maybe broken up and parts of them put in a museum under, uh, in a segment about racism, and especially the 60s, since that's when most of those went up. That that's an old topic that we talked about a while ago. But it's not about the property. They don't... Republicans, particularly not just Republicans, but people on that side of things who view is property and is capitalism as the end-all, be-all of everything. They view property as sacred as their their religion. It's almost a part of it, even though if you actually look at the Bible, like, property isn't a big thing in the Bible, to be honest, unless God specifically gives it to you. And they tend to swing it that way, that, well, they're prospering, therefore God gave it to them. But that's neither here nor there. I've gotten off topic. But it's not about the property. And they don't... They either don't want to understand this, or they do understand it in a misconstruing, or they just can't understand it because of their ideology. Had they attacked the building on a different day when no one was in it, I probably would not have cared as much about it. People would not have been as appalled. It was like, well, they attacked the Capitol. Well, that's what happened. It sucks. And yeah, no, people are angry. Something got broken. Yep. That's what happened. No, it was when it happened and the fact that it was full of people at the time. And the fact that Trump was egging it on, talking about how Pence was a traitor. Like, I don't like Pence, but I will say I was kind of worried we'd see him dragged out in the street and beaten to death. You, you'd think that that wouldn't be something to worry about, but... I kind of was, to be honest, for a little while there. You would think that that would be insane and that we wouldn't need to worry about that, but something like that has happened before. There there have been people who've been beaten on the House floor. hasn't happened in a very long time. It was largely during the lead-up to the Civil War. But still, it things can happen that you don't expect to happen. So I, I, be honest, I don't like the guy, but I was worried about him a bit. And all of this is why I'm a skeptic, among other things. This is why I don't believe in respecting all beliefs. I'll be honest. You can't respect all beliefs, especially when they're innately dangerous. I don't respect someone who believes in this QAnon shit. I don't respect people who believe in racist, bigoted things, because things like this happen. If you let these beliefs go unchallenged, even some seemingly harmless ones, they can grow and mutate. If you actually look at what QAnon started out about, it was just this weird little... It was this guy who talked about a conspiracy and on a message board, on a stupid little message board. On a stupid little message board is when it, where it started out. And now we have this. And so you can't let this stuff go. You can't give it a platform, and, and that's the tricky part. Where I, I talked about it during my first QAnon episode is... You don't want to give it a platform. 
but you also don't want to let it run unchecked, and it, it's really difficult to, to, f- to figure out what to do. So that that's my thoughts on this. That is that is my rapid response. Rapid, I, about a day and a half or so, but still. The other thing I have to wonder about, people like Ted Cruz, they, um... They ran and hid when the building was attacked. You would think that, you know, these are their supporters. What what do they have to run for? Well, apparently, they're not as much of believers as they actually uh, believe they are. I mean, to be honest, like, I'd be really curious what would have happened if Ted Cruz had walked over and told them to stop and got in their way. Would Would they have turned on him? Would they have beaten Ted Cruz on the uh, the House floor or the Senate floor? I, I, I will say that I wouldn't want that to happen because I'd rather not someone get beaten. I say that, but I think if it happened, I wouldn't feel that horrible about it. So on to the things that I've been mentioning that I will get to. First off. They're talking about impeaching Trump. Now, if you would ask me that a day or so ago, I'd be like, yeah, that's great. We should impeach him. However, I think that's a bad idea. And I'll tell you why. The reason I think it's a bad idea is you have Republicans turning on Trump. You want They want him gone. They're saying, well, in, in a few days we'll be done with him. And this is the first time we've really seen them turn on Trump. Mitch McConnell, who is an asshole, don't. Don't take this as, oh, well, Mitch McConnell found a spine or Mitch McConnell is uh, has any sort of morals. No, but at least he's turning on Trump, which might fracture their party and cause issues. But if you have an impeachment vote, they might use that as, well, he's going to be gone in a few days and the Democrats are just using this event to be vindictive. And... They might not be fully wrong. There are some on the left who are, I have seen, when it happened, their first response was, well, now we can show the country what Trump is and we can use this to do blah, 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 or X, Y, Z. And that bothers me a bit as it comes a bit too close to their views the um the rights idea of just using horrible things that happen as excuses when it comes to the woman who was shot what has bothered me is some things that i've seen on the left where i've seen people say something along the lines of well well now that they see what happens when one of theirs gets shot or well, these people were saying how the protesters during the Black Lives Matter protest should be shot. Or Trump was saying, well, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Well, now they're getting a taste of their own medicine. I really don't think we can think that way. I think it's, pro- I think it's problematic to, to view things in that light. I, I just think it's dangerous, to be honest. Just because people who agree with us and people who have been historically abused and killed doesn't mean that we should want the same thing for the other side. The woman who was shot, I honestly wish she wasn't. I wish she was here and alive today. 
But it's not the same thing. Not exactly. You could say that, well, she was unarmed and that's part of the complaint. That, well, shooting an unarmed black man versus shooting an unarmed white girl. Why should there be a difference? I agree that neither of them should have been shot. If we can believe all the reports that she was unarmed, she wasn't posing any risk, she probably shouldn't have been shot. Now, something could change if we learn that she was threatening an officer, but from everything we've seen, the videos we've seen, that she hadn't. The difference is, however, and I'm not saying that it was right she was shot. I'm just saying that there is a difference. So I'm, I don't believe that either should have happened, but I'm just, I want to point out the difference. The difference is one person might have been in a traffic stop or was passing a counterfeit bill that they didn't know was counterfeit. Even if they did, they shouldn't be shot. And someone else was breaking through into one of the main governmental buildings in the United States and breaking through the windows with backpacks and who knows what else. There were also reports that people said that there were pipe bombs and everything else. So it's different. I still don't believe that the woman should have been shot. I I want an investigation. I'll say that, that, like I said, with the other deaths, there should be an investigation, and I don't think it should have happened. Now we move on to something else that has um, just happened today. One, Parlor is being removed from the App Store from Apple, and right before I started to record this, it is being removed from Google. People are freaking out on the right that, well, Apple and Google are teaming up to to destroy this and shut down this company. No, they're, they're not shutting it down. They're just removing it from their stores. Much like how the group One Million Moms, who, by the way, isn't made up of a million moms, are always demanding that things they don't like are being removed from stores. Uh, if I remember right, these people are for capitalism, which means that a business can put whatever they want in their store, be it digital or otherwise. Parlor can make their app available on a website if they want to, where you can download it and put it on your phone. Granted, I don't think you can do that with Apple, but hey, you bought an Apple phone. You knew you couldn't put custom APIs unless you jailbroke it. But most of them, most of these people know the legal arguments who are on the news spouting about freedom of speech. They know that this isn't a freedom of speech issue. They're just playing ignorant and they're arguing in bad faith. To me, the idea that all speech needs to be supported and allowed on all platforms is ridiculous. And the right keeps pushing this idea constantly. But we need to remember, after 9-11, it wasn't that long ago, well, not that long after 9-11, Al Jazeera wanted to uh, become a larger news organization, and they wanted to... Uh, they wanted to branch out and the right was up in arms saying that no we couldn't because they're they're terrorists or they support terrorists they allow terroristic speech on their news site which it's debatable on how much that's true from Al Jazeera's perspective they're just showing things that are on the news and if someone says something inflammatory that's what happens so what's the difference I would ask the right like you're saying that 
this news outlet wasn't allowed to be in the United States because they were allowing speech. Well, you say that they were allowing speech that was dangerous, and they were playing things like uh, Osama bin Laden videos that you believed had secret messages in it. And what's the difference between Apple and Google saying we're not going to allow Parler on our platform? They're not even saying that they can't be in the country. They're just saying we're not going to sell it on our platform. And they'll just say, well, well, the difference is they're terrorists. And it, sometimes you just can't argue with them. You, you can't. It's difficult. And I, I don't know how to win arguments with them. Well, it's less about winning an argument with them and realizing that their arguments are bad. It, either way, it's... Another breaking news that I want to talk about is Trump was banned from Twitter and Facebook, but now he's banned permanently from Twitter and Facebook. He showed himself to be a dangerous person on Wednesday. He added fuel to that fire. And you could argue, well, how about the idea that you should protect speech you don't like? Or does this mean that we they might shut down, like, Satanists or something? It's like, well, that that's a different argument. You can't say, well, someone who walks across the street with a gun shouldn't be arrested because what if they start coming up with reasons that no one else should cross the street? It's not about the fact he was saying something that people didn't like. It was the fact he was saying something that people didn't like in extremely dangerous ways. There, You can be a terrorist without actually blowing anything up or actually doing anything. I believe the term is stochastic terrorism, where you're not doing the terrorism yourself, but you're just saying something publicly that can ramp up a mob. And that's what Trump was doing. He was adding fuel to the fire. A good example is, I don't like Joe Rogan. I really don't. I think he's problematic. I think he pushes views that are highly conspiratorial. But I don't think he should be banned from our platforms. Like, there's some people who banned him from Spotify. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't... From everything I know about Joe Rogan, I don't think he's dangerous. I could be wrong. If I am, please let me know. But I don't know if he's dangerous. So I wouldn't say that he should be removed. He doesn't stir up violent. He doesn't stir up violence. And I think that's the difference. That's the difference right there when it comes to speech. Is we need to think about the nuance. And a lot of people say, well, there's a slippery slope. No, the slippery slope argument can be applied correctly or can be applied poorly. When there is a large amount of difference between two different things, it's not a slippery slope. It is just you're worried that someone else might use it as an excuse. And the issue with that is that if we need to worry about another side twisting something to use it as an excuse... They probably don't need the excuse. They're probably going to try to do it anyway. And we just need to stop them from doing that. You could say that, well, the example of what if they start removing Satanists from having 
uh, speech. They they already do, and they use it. They use their own religious freedom to stop that, which is bizarre. They use freedom of speech to deny other people the freedom of speech. So I I think we need to stop arguing with them with certain things. I think we need to stop worrying about how they're going to use something because they're going to act in bad faith regardless. And again, I'm sorry if some of the audio was a bit weird this week. I I didn't have as much as my setup time um, because I didn't end up doing it on Wednesday. So I'm trying to cram it into a small space of time. Like halfway through this, I noticed that my microphone was not in the position that I normally use it. The audio is not bad. It's not up to my standard that I want it. But what I had planned to talk about this week and didn't get to is I want to talk about how parts of 2020 that were really shitty actually are helpful. And because of that, I feel that 2020 was indeed a satanic year in a good sense. And I'm going to do that on Wednesday. Normally, a lot of times I skip a week or... If I do one late in a week, I'll always skip the next week just because my schedule can be weird. And But no, I'm going to come out on... Well, I'm going to record Wednesday. So I'm going to record that show on Wednesday. And when it comes to schedule, I'm going to try to stick to either every week or every other week. So I'd assume every other week but I'm going to try to go for every week. But this has been my rapid response to all of that. As I said, I'm going to keep a close watch on the QAnon boards and the the Donald board, or the Donald site, which is a board. And I'm uh, next week we can see if anything happens. Hopefully nothing happens, and then we need to wait for the 20th. But... Everyone should be careful, stay safe. Um, I'm glad that no one I knew uh, from the D.C. area went down there and got themselves hurt. And this has been Why Satan and Hell Satan. I'm a bit excited to see if the QAnon people come up with a conspiracy about their own conspiracy. Conspiracy.